Father God, we come in your son Jesus' name, Father. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, to give you the devotion, Father. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of all the members. Thank you for what you're doing here at the foundation. And may everything you hear tonight be pleasing to you, pleasing to you, Father. In your son Jesus' name. All right. Last night we talked about, uh, Pastor talked about how to persevere. Today we're talking about unity. And I was glad I got unity because my job is fairly simple. Um, if we go back and we think about the different guest speakers we've had throughout the year, just about all of them have touched on unity. Uh, Pastor Perkins, she talked about everyone has a gift. Your gift is for the church and the world benefits from it. Pastor um, Bishop Gay, he had the men come up and interlock hands with Pastor showing unity and how powerful we are when we're in one accord. Uh, Pastor Gary, he's talked several times about unifying the church. And actually, I remember last Saturday, I was listening to everything he was saying. I'm like, Lord, he's taking all my meats. He's, and when Pastor takes a meal, he takes everything. There's no crumbs left. So I'm like, Lord, he's taking everything I was going to use. And then we had Pastor um, Pretzler, who talked about taking the load off the pastor. We have to be united with the pastor so he can focus on ministry. He can't be worried about the sound system, what color the drapes are, and things of that nature. All these things take us back to unity. So let's start. Unity is absolutely essential because the church is the body of Christ. Going into 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 12 through 27. And a body cannot be in disunity or disharmony from itself. If disunity occurs, it essentially ceases to be a body and becomes a disjointed group of individuals. And Jesus' plan for his church is for the people to be united in faith. The key word there being faith. So what do we need to be unified on? The first thing is, of course, our doctrine. What you believe is important. We have to stand fast on the word of God. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So also what we need to be unified in is our love for God. When I say our love for God, I don't mean that me and you have to agree, but I have to agree with God, and you have to agree with God. Everybody, know, everybody understand the difference? Another verse along those lines is Amos 3 and 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? We may have things we don't agree on, but we both agree with God and what God has for the for foundation, what God has for us. Another thing is brotherly love. When a member is in a need, we have to have compassion and help fill that need. If you've been coming to our Wednesday Bible studies, um, I think it was stick like glue. We talked about as brothers and sisters, in Christ, we have to be the ones to be able to meet the needs of each other. 
Amen. All right. Next. Next, um, this goes back to something Pastor Bailey told us, that unity is hard to achieve, but the rewards are great. And one of the biggest challenges to unity is disorder. When we talk about disorder, we all know that you all, if you've been to church any time, you've seen churches where churches split and things of that nature. And that's always the result of disorder. When you think about churches and how churches grow, churches that are small and churches that are large-sized churches, they're usually the ones that are growing. And the trends, you go back to about two, two, um, 2000, the small churches and the large churches are growing. The medium churches, they don't grow like the small and the large ones. You know why? Anyone who's been part of a small church, when you start to grow, you start to bring people in, and it starts to expand, there usually comes a point where division sets in. We take our eye off their prize. We're not focused on doing the work of the Lord anymore. We're focused on uh, how many new members do we have? Uh, are we starting this group? Who's doing this? Who's, who's in charge of this organization? Who's in charge of that? The focus is, lo is lost. When that happens, that church splits. So another reason unity is so important to us is we have to keep our eye on the prize. We have to keep our eye on doing the work of the Lord. And just to clarify, I'm going to touch on three points. Number one, unify, which we just talked about. My second point will be regarding modify and testify. And last, we'll talk about multiply. All right. So let's talk a little bit about modify and testify. This goes back to our theme, push. And push is really taking us, we're pushing for what? We're pushing for ascension to a higher dimension. We can't be where we were, were at the beginning of the year. We have to mature. We have to move forward. We have to grow. And we have to be united in that. So when we talk, talk about modify, we're talking about becoming mature Christians. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show that thyself approve unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the reason that's important, because the church is made up of the individuals. Foundation Church isn't these walls. It's the individuals within the church. Going back to when we were talking about how churches grow, a lot of churches think growth comes when uh, we get our building or we get this, this kind of sound system or this video and, and that, those kind of things. All the things are nice, but they're missing the point. The minute you take your focus off God, the minute our vision is not united with what God has to foundation, what do you think is going to happen? It crumbles. You, we have to stay united with God. All the other stuff is superficial stuff. It's nice. It's good to have. But I guarantee you, anyone, again, anyone who's been in church has seen it. Someone's not going to like the way the praise team was changed. Someone's not going to like the color of the walls. Someone's not going to like this. 
And if we're not united, those simple things build and build and build. And what was a small pebble is now a large boulder rolling down through the middle of the congregation. All right. Next. In terms of modify and testify, why is it important for us to share our testimony? In terms of sharing testimony, we should always be talking to each other, asking questions, and always learning. A very important weapon in our arsenal against our enemy, the evil one, is a tool and a weapon of testimony. In Proverbs 27:17, it says, as iron sharpens irons, so one person sharpens another. And the reason testimony is important, because the devil's playground is our mind. When your mind is idle, or when you're separated, you're not united with your fellow brothers and sisters, the devil plays with you. The devil tells you, man, you're going through this, no one else has ever gone through this, you're suffering, this, 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 this. He plays with your mind. And one of the ways we can help our brothers and sisters is by testifying. If you, if you have an issue, if you've gone through something, God has delivered you. We need to speak that out. Because a lot of times, there's 10 people going through the same thing. Only one may speak up, but those other nine are going through the same thing. And we can help our brothers and sisters through our testimony. And let me give you a very real example. Um, I came to know the Lord when I was in sixth grade, but I really, I got baptized later on when I was um, a teenager, but I really wasn't living the right life. I can remember I was in my early 20s. I was down in Atlanta. I was there for, uh, uh, it's like a large college party, right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. It's two, three in the morning. I'm driving down the main street, downtown Atlanta, music blasting, I have a car full of people. There's three carloads of us. I'm in the front, two cars behind me. There's a young lady hanging out the window. I mean, it's, it's a party, and this stop it, traffic is stopped, as far as you can see, because it's like college kids partying everywhere. I dr it's just moving slow, people partying in the streets, that kind of thing. I'm gonna come up to the next light, And there's a church group going in and out of the cars. A middle-aged lady comes up to me, biggest smile on her face. My music is blasting, and people in the car acting crazy. She comes up to me, the biggest smile on her face, no judgment, no anything. I say, son, here's some, here's some information about God, and handed it to me right then and there. And I could tell you, church, that thing hit me like someone taking a bat and just swinging it upside my head. Because I was like, wow, she wasn't, she didn't judge me. Because I grew up in church where, you know, the kind of church where you're going to hell, and you're going to hell, and you're going to hell. Brother Ray, you're out past 10 o'clock, you're going to hell. That's the kind of church I grew up in. So this totally blew my mind. This woman come up to me 2, 3 in the morning, I'm sure she had church the next day, so I was like, what's she doing out here? 
it just blew my mind. And in the middle of my, that trip, that seed that she planted changes my whole perception. Changed my whole perception. The rest of the trip, I didn't do a lot of things. And the group that was with me, I didn't let them do some of the things that the other guys and other were doing. It changed my perception. And I just grew from that. And I could tell you, one of the brothers in my car was a brother named Tony. And Tony was the kind of dude, he was energy. He was just always hyped up, ready to do whatever. And I used to try to school Tony, like, Tony, chill, man. Calm down, man. I said, nah, bro, you can't do that. You can't go there. But as I started to grow, I just left Tony by the side. I'm like, man, I can't deal with this crazy dude. God has called me to do these things, so I left him. Uh, several years later, I don't know if you guys remember, um, but at the anniversary, my daughter's godmother was there. Several years later, going down the line, Tony meets my daughter's godmother. Several years later than that, they get married. So now I'm spending more, so Tony's back in my life again. So I'm looking at Tony here. He comes to my house for Thanksgiving. He acting crazy, jumping back and forth. My parents look at him like, what is wrong with this dude? I'm like, Tony, chill. And I do the same thing again, man. I tell Tony, man, come on, Tony. I kind of kick him to the side. I'm like, I really can't deal with that. And what's funny is, during that time, Tony was going through some of the stuff that I went through when I was earlier in my process. He was going through he was angry about certain things, how, how, how the world was perceiving him as a man. He was depressed about his job situation and certain things. I'd already been through that, but I never testified to those things. I never moved forward and, and, and gave him that information. More years go on. Me and my wife, we moved to Texas. I'm chilling down there. We're doing good. I'm a deacon. I'm a trustee of the church board. I'm the head of the men's, men's ministry. I'm the leadership for the men's group. I'm a guardian for the intercessory group. I'm on the evangelist team. All these titles, I think I'm doing good. So one night, early in the morning, I get that phone call that my daughter's godmother, her husband Tony, were driving home from her, from her parents' house in the middle of the night, and they were involved in a car accident. Tony is dead. Dead. Gone. I think of all those titles, those titles mean nothing. God put, that, God put me in that man's life several times to speak to him. He may have still died that night, but he, he would have known God. I never took those opportunities. I never was in unity with him. I was a coward. Those titles, all those titles I had church, they mean nothing. We're not here to play church. This is life or death. I want everybody to understand that. We have to be on one accord. We have to be clear about what our mission is. Our mission is just, our mission is to grow the church, but our mission is to do the work God has us to do and not be cowards, not be punks because that's what I was. Those titles, all those titles I had meant nothing. If I couldn't tell my testimony and what's God done for me to my brother. All right. 
All right, I know I only have a few more minutes, so let's move on. Um, we talked about modify and testify. Next, let's talk about multiply. Multiply these to advance the kingdom of God here on earth. We have, and to do that, we have to think bigger. And like we've talked about in the theme throughout this, if we're not united, if we're not preaching, teaching, and doing evangelism that reaches to the, to, to the ungodly, then we're missing the mission. We're doing the wrong thing. If we're just here to look cute, it's not going to work. And if we don't have all those other steps that we talked about, if we're not unified, if we haven't modified and matured as Christians, if we don't testify and let people know what we've been through, let people know what God has bought us from. I think I've given this example a couple times before, but you've seen people come to the church and they're weighed down. They look weighed down in the spirit. They're bent over like this with their burdens. And as they go through their process, as God begins to move in their life, those big bag of burdens, they take them off one by one, and you see them start going like, start going for this, start slowly coming up like this. They're standing upright. But if they don't share that with anybody, they don't talk about what God's done in your life, what benefit is it? Because you know, like I said earlier, people don't say a lot, they hold in, but we all have our struggles, church. So testify. Be with one another. Also going into multiply. Substantive change is the only thing that will truly change the trajectory of our church. Like I said, it's not here, we're not here for the fluff. In order to do this, in order to do the impossible, we must be free and not burdened down with the small stuff. We need to be committed to each other. And when I, take, I take this point from uh, something we learned in our staff meeting. In being committed to each other, we need to love everyone. But we need to move with the movers. God has a vision for us. We need to stay with that vision. We need to stay moving with the movers. In Genesis 11:6, and the Lord said, Behold, the people are one, and they have one language, and they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. And I'll give you another example of that. As we unify, as we, as we begin to, as we unify, as we move from there, and we, we modify, testify, we begin to multiply, God allows us to do things that people will say is not possible. People in the world will say, this, no one can do that. And I'm not, I'm not telling you what I, I, I've, I've read, I'm telling you what I've seen. I'm telling you what I've seen. I've been a trustee in a church where we're going to purchase this many acres and the finance people say, how, how is this possible? How could you go from this to this? The God, God will allow miracles to take place when we are in position. I was listening to a service on the radio and they were talking about a church where the church went through um, 
a financial workshop. They all got dedicated to paying off debt. Within, a, within two years, uh, I forget the exact number, 80%, it was like 80% of the church was out of debt. The church was able to pay off all their loans, on, all the loans they had on lands and things. People came into ministry. They started doing outreach. They started to change the atmosphere in their city. Those things don't happen unless we're on one accord. Amen. So, amen, church. Um, I see my time is up. So, again, thank you for your time. And, again, the points are under unity. We want to unify. We want to modify, testify, and then multiply. Thank you for your time. Amen. Give him another hand. Good job. Amen. Um, well, he said it, so um, let's just really uh, begin to pray and uh, just ask God. And, and let's really tonight, and, and as, as he said, he talked about being one accord. Um, it is critical that we be on one accord. It is critical that we understand what we're trying to accomplish and that everybody get on board. It is critical that we support one another in our ministries. It is critical that we all get in line because the blessing is waiting for us. So let's pray that tonight. Let's just believe God um, for unity in the house, uh, unity uh, you know, in terms of uh, what God want to do uh, with us in our community. Um, how do we know our community, our, we, our community need us, and, and we need to engage, and, uh, and so we got to put down some of the things that easily beset us and begin to press in. So, um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to have everybody stand up, and we can go ahead and start praying, uh, playing that uh, music and just begin to pray. Um, amen. I'm going to have Brother Walter um, come on up, and, and then after that, um, I'm going to have uh, Sister April come up. And then we're going to have uh, we're going to have my brother here. I want him to come up. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to come in agreement. We just want to pray. I want to ask all just to pray. Pray what God put on your heart about what we're talking about tonight. Let's just believe God together. Uh, nobody uh, playing, nobody talking. Let's just use uh, the next uh, 35 minutes and just pray. If anybody need any special prayer, grab somebody's hand, grab my hand, and we're going to pray. We're going to believe God together, and God's going to do a new work in us, and he's going to do something amazing in this church. Amen? Amen. <laughs> 